Kelsing spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go on the range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Good morning, St. Louis, and all our listening friends. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Pearlie's with me. Pearlie, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Meet. Good morning, man, and thank you for being with us. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. And um, we formatted the show like around the golf. The opening segment is On the Range. It's brought to you by Pro-Am Golf and our social media outlets, Twitter, at Jay Delsing. Facebook is... Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is Jay Delsing and Instagram. Yeah. Okay. So, Pearl, um, this show, I want to thank Donahue Painting and Refinishing. They have done a uh, really great job supporting us. We appreciate them. Bob and Kathy, if you need anything done on your house, high-quality work, in uh, all insured uh, workers, they do a great job. Um, so give those guys a call. Um, we've got... A cool interview with Chris Kerber. Chris Kerber is the voice of the radio voice of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, a really thoughtful, cool human being and a friend. And so I think you're going to enjoy that. Uh, he did one of the, what I will say is one of the kindest, coolest things in all of sports in the last 20 years. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I also wanted to... Um, Bro, we had Ted Scott on a while back, and he was talking about because he said caddy for Bubba Watson, great guy, great guy to follow on social media, and fun guy to interview. But he was talking about the difficulty in reading greens. You and I started that conversation, and then we we didn't we mm-hmm. didn't follow up. This is way between the lines. This very very seldom ever gets talked to or talked about, and. Let's talk about, let's start the, today's show with that, because when we both know when we were kids and there were there was dew on the greens and you'd sit there and start hitting putts and you'd have one go in from a real high line and the other would be hit a little harder and not break as much. There's so many different ways, Pearl, to hold putts. And when you're trying to interpret all that, plus you don't have a club in your hand, I mean, talk about that difficulty. Well, first of all, when I would caddy for you, that was clearly the hardest part. Because if you're rolling, you're not going to ask me anyway. You're just yep. feeling, and you're going to go. If you're not rolling, then you're going to ask me. Yep. And sometimes There's I'd, a little stress on that when you're not rolling anyway. <laughs> yeah. Then I would sit there. You know, and sometimes if you're not rolling it the yep. way you want to roll right. it, meaning you got a little cut going or a little something, something going on there. too. Then it's tough to read that that bad boy. I can remember when you told me when Corey Pavin caddied for you, and he reads what that there's always a cut. It's just kind always, of a second nature. Always, Billy Mayfair is the same thing. But it's like Very other friends fun. that we that we've had. When you've looked at something long enough, you can convince your brain that you know it rolls straight or that or whatever. And uh, let me interrupt you real quick. Pavin caddied for me at the qualifying school down in Orlando mm-hmm. at. Uh, Panther Creek. Panther Creek. Yeah. What's that called? Orange County National or yeah, something? Yeah, something yep. like that. Yep. yep. Anyway, we're close. It was in Florida. It was in Florida. Yeah. It's closer we're than We're coming down the stretch, and I need a birdie or two to get my card. All right? I stuffed one in on 16. Had a really difficult hole location. So I was about eight feet above the hole. The greens were probably 13s and 14s. Rocking fast. And he comes in and goes, 
I think it's a ball outside left. And I would, and I, and, and then he just, you know how he is, just yeah. left. And I'm like, I'm like, whoa, this ball has got to break at least a foot, right? So I hit it out there. Oh, man, I hit it out there probably 10 inches, 11 inches, and it just lips out on the low side. And he looks, hey, it looks like it broke a little more, huh? And I'm thinking, I got two, two more holes left. I can't, I don't need to have this discussion right now, but I'm like, he's got no clue. Well, and it's, it's, hard. it's his eye. It's right. He's one of the better putters in the whole world. Ever on the tour. I, I just mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. If he's, he's, but that's the difficulty of caddying for somebody. Is. And you also say a ball out, he might play a foot out yeah. and not even know because of the way he Remember, we had another out. teammate, Tom Pernice, who still plays the senior tour. Yeah. And Tom would swear to you oh, yeah. that he just hit a straight shot. Yeah. This ball would be hooking somewhere between 12 and 15 yards. No question. And that was his cut and it, that was my and cut he would, bet. Right. he would he would sit there and cut. have an argument with you no that ball fell to the right and we're like tom it, it drew 15 yards no but it's just when you get yep. your, your perspective your perspective so on it, it it gets weird so, so pro fast forward and make a par on 17 come down to 18 it's a par five i, I hit a really good drive i'm sending the fairway i can get there with a three one and miss the green a little bit to the right and hit a nice little pitch down there and i got about a four footer and it is and this is for to get my card. Hopefully, and you didn't said, "I go, I don't get, you know, don't, don't tell don't, me, don't tell no. me." And I went, knocked it in and got my card. But he's like, "Way to go!" And I'm like, "Thanks." And I didn't. And we were having a beer afterwards. I'm like, "Dude, that read you gave me on 16." I'm like, "The ball out, I would have had to get my wedge out and chip it yeah. a ball out, and it still would have broke." Yeah, Corey just played. You know, everybody plays a little bit different yeah. in different fields and what you see. And so anyway, but the Ted Scott was was great. I think mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And and I think um, I had Joe Lacava on. And he talked about that. The Tiger asked him on that read at 16 last year when he won the Masters. It was a three-foot putt pearl for Birdie, straight uphill, maybe left center. And he calls Joe in, and you know what Joe says to him? What the hell are you talking about? It's left center. Go knock it in the hole. But, you know, you get those moments as a golfer where you're just, you need some reassurance. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And again, anytime you would say anything that had any sense of positive or confidence to it, you know, what do you think, John, <laughs> left edge? I would say absolutely. If you said, I have no idea or, yep. you know, I'm not sure if it's left edge, then, then I would take a, a, a better read or a different read. But it didn't really matter what it was. It's what you thought exactly. it was, and I just want you to have confidence hitting what you think it is. How good was Ted's uh, oh, he was... when he talked about getting for Azinger? And Azinger need to birdie the last hole at the TPC at, at uh, Boston to make the cut. He had a lousy drive and kind of put his uh, ball out in the front. And Azing Zing was never a great putter consistently. He had moments when he was you don't win 12 times without being a great putter. But he'll he'll tell you he struggled with his putter from now and again. And he had it maybe five yards off the front edge of the green on nine. The flag sticks right in the front. Most simple up and in. But he he needs it in. Up and in doesn't make the cut. And he says to Ted this fringe is so smooth I think I, you know, what do you think I should do? I mean I could easily putt it. And Ted says if I'm playing I would putt it, but you're one of the best chippers in the world, if not the best, and I would chip it. And Paul chipped it and hold it, and he said to Ted at the time, that's one of the greatest things anyone's ever said to me. Well, if the ball lips out, he doesn't even remember what Ted says to him. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's how we are, you know? And we've told that story about us in Reno and, you know, uh, the the, – 
course management conversation we had that worked out so great because I, I did everything you said and we got what you thought I'd get and was about two or three lower than I would have got if I'd have played it the way I wanted <laughs> maybe, to. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Maybe more. Um, so that's a a special thing. The other thing, John, that, that I why why I brought this up is that we've just had you know these live TV shows on with the match and the Taylor made driving relief. No caddies. And so, and we saw a lot of missed putts. The other thing, let's remember too, when you get the whatever that putting machine is, Perf, Perfy and, and from you, Dave Pels. What's it called, Perfy? Perfy, yeah, because it's supposedly the perfect, dynamically designed machine to hit the ball. So you know, there's, there's just enough imperfection. Now, greens nowadays in a lot of places are really, really good. But even machines from I don't know what it is, ten or twelve feet, you know, miss once in a while. So that's part of the other feel to the whole thing is what little tiny bounce are you going to get and some and some stuff like that so there's there's a lot that goes into it and to me it was always with you um you know having a flow having a level of confidence you know that shooter's mentality and to me it was more about getting the player into that mindset than any specific putt if you're not making putts you ain't gonna make any putts no and if you're making them, you could get up there and just miss the daylights out of it. That thing, thing seems to go in a hole anyway. It's, it's I remember real. watching David Duvall when he shot 59 in the desert that time. He willy whip cut that putt on the last t- hole that he needed to make to make 59, and it goes just dead center in the hole. He knew it was going in the hole. Yeah. It didn't matter what he did. He'd give a broom, he was going to brush that thing in. Pearl, I shot 61 one year Sunday at Memphis, and I'll... I'll never forget standing over the ball and can't wait to hit it. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, I, I remember having a um about a four footer for a par on on the on the very last hole. And it, it was like my I as I remember it, my hand was in the hole before the ball got yeah. in the hole. You know, I just had this, uh, like, the hole looked like a bucket. I think the funniest one ever was uh, actually when Blaine McAllister won, it, won his tournament. Yes, it's a BC Open. That <laughs> I was think a... between his routine and the actual process of walking up to it, hitting it, and like you said, I think his hand was in the hole waiting for the ball to get in there. It was. It was almost <laughs> like he hit the, by the time Blaine, you should, folks, Google this or YouTube it. It's fantastic because it almost looked like he had one hand on the putter and the other hand reaching for the hole, and it was, what, about a four or five footer. And that was kind of back in his heavy Bob Rattella days, and yes. so I'm sure he had yep. the whole me- mental thing going. And, oh, there's uh, no doubt, no doubt, bro. <laughs> and Blaine, who's a great guy, couldn't find the water's edge from the beach with a right-handed putting stroke. That's amazing. I've never, amazing. I, I, I've never seen a guy hit the ball so well. He was leaving two foot putts short. It was. Oh, that's, it was. That, that's the point. When it's going good, it's like you're putting into a, a barrel, yeah. and when it's going bad, it's like there's not a hole there. It's like a beach. I used to tell people this is like a beach ball trying to go into a thimble. Yeah. I was watching um, when I, I had. Um, uh, oh gosh, she was number one in the world at the time at the Lancaster uh, Country Club for the women. Um, oh man, I can't think of her name. Okay, keep going. Anyway. She is striping it and can't get it in the hole. Mm. And Greg Norman was doing our our, our broadcasting and, and and chief analysis at the time. This was our first year. Um, I think it might have been MB Park or something. I, I, anyway, she gets on the last hole and she just stuffs it in there about four feet, but it's downhill. 
and they're thinking, Greg's thinking, this thing, uh, she's going to make this. She's world number one. This, and I'm thinking, yeah, no, no they didn't call right. me in, so I didn't get the. But I'm thinking, beach ball, no thimble. Yeah. This thing's going to get close, but it's not going in. Yeah. And she it didn't did. make it. It didn't. Yeah. yeah so, it's tough. It's That's a tough mental game. Yeah, it really is. But th- those things are, are what, you know, most people think about caddying is reading the yardage book and th- that sort of stuff. What the caddy says to us what and the timing of it. And the last part of this, and we've talked about this before, and you are the best at it by far, how you say it. Yeah. How you say it. I used to have a caddy that would say something positive to me, and it sounded like he was going to prison. He was scared <laughs> to death and didn't know. And yeah. I, I'm like, and and um, I was like, man, you can't say that to me like that. It doesn't sound like you have the slightest bit of confidence in this work. You can't do the negative thing at all if you're a caddy. I mean, no. you have to be realistic, right? No. You have to be a little careful there because you have to be trusted. But to to go negative or to go low energy is such a death nail because there's a whole lot of playing going on yet. And and as you and I would talk all the time, this week has a lot to do with next week a lot of times too. So we're trying to maintain a certain level of quality of energy, of positive, of professionalism, of the whole thing. And every once in a while you'll see caddy and player get a little negative or get on each yep. other a little yep. bit. <laughs> Wow, is it tough at that point? It, re- it really is, and, and we've experienced that. I can remember one uh, <coughs> one Sunday coming down the stretch at um, Reno Tahoe, and I had I shot lights. I shot the little round of the day on Saturday and got myself into one or two of the last groups, and I had a struggle bus on Sunday. Yeah. Every single thing we did, I did, was not good. And then I hit my was it a second shot or third shot in the seventeen, and I literally. Had you couldn't get a golf ball close to this hole, it needed to be airdropped out of a, the blimp. And I it was said, so brutal. And I said so to you, and, you're, and the TV camera was on. I'm thinking, this oh, is yeah. brutal. Oh, it is. And I'm thinking, John, I'm, I've got my putter, and the only way is a miracle. A miracle. This thing needs to be kicked, but you need to kick it and let nobody see it. The only way I can get it within and, what? And you said, and it needs, 15, a, and it needs a spew glue I on said, it. You said, you looked at me, and we were slap happy, pissed oh, off yeah. out of it at the time. And you said, what are you going to do on this? And I said, I, I, I remember starting to laughing about halfway through because I was trying to keep a straight face. I said, I'm going to put this thing up to the top of this ridge, and then right about when it crests the ridge, it's going to start spewing glue so that by the time it gets, <laughs> so by the time it gets near the hole, it'll stay somewhere within 10 feet. And it didn't. it didn't. No, we didn't. Well, I was holding the pin. Yeah. I'm laughing so oh, hard. I I'm looking down, and I know the pin's shaking because I'm laughing so yeah. hard. Yeah. And here's... Oh, yeah. Tens of at this point, tens of thousands of dollars on the line because hundreds of thousands were yeah. gone about oh, yeah. the yep. front yep. nine. Yep, we we killed the hundreds of thousands of. <laughs> but uh, again, hours to your earlier. credit, another another classic. To your credit, you buried the last hole. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I do. We hopped on a charter flight flight that night, went up to Canada, and you had a top ten finish and won maybe your best check of the year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was fun. That was that was really fun. Um, that's going to wrap up the uh, the on the range segment. Um, so come back. We've got an interview with Chris Kerber. The voice of the blues. Uh, Jay and John are here. This is Golf with Jay Delson. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring professional golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at beautiful Norwood Hills Country Club. Legends like Ernie Els, Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, and many more will be in St. Louis. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. That's ascensioncharityclassic.com. 
your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, head to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message to data rate may apply. Void were prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra, Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you tired of forking out the big money, all those dollars on golf balls? Well, we finally have an option for you. Let us introduce you to Sniper Brand Golf Balls. This brand new product is a Serlin-covered ball that is just great to play. It's long off the driver, it's accurate with the irons, and importantly, it's soft around the green. And you know what the best part is? It's just $23.99 for a dozen. That's right, $23.99, and a portion of every sale goes back to a military or law enforcement agency. Find Sniper Brand online at thesniperbrand.com. Plus, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and check out their entire line of golf products on their website, thesniperbrand.com. And don't forget to check out the Sniper Brand logo. You're going to love it. I want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing, again for the second year. When you join out at Whitmore, there's 90 holes of golf. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardine, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, large pool complex, tennis. Man, they've just got great family-oriented stuff. And if you get over there, you got to go in the golf shop, and you have to say hello to my friend Bummer. Bummer is just a delightful guy that would love to help you and your family with your golf game. He and his staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If your family is looking for a place where you can hang out, have fun, enjoy good food, golf, sports, just a family-friendly atmosphere, you got to go to Whitmore Country Club. You can reach them at 636 636- Nine two six nine six two two. Everyone is looking for the extra edge, and Jay Delsing is digging deep to find it. It's the leading edge on golf with Jay Delsing. This is the leading edge segment, one of my favorite segments of the show, and I've got my longtime buddy Scott Putnam with me. Put, thanks so much for joining me today. Appreciate it, Jay. Anytime. So, so Put, you've got this really cool idea that you've been pursuing called the One Easy Swing Method in the One Easy Swing Golf School. Tell us about it and tell the folks, give us a little bit of background uh, from from your St. Louis uh, golf days here. Sure. Well, I, I started out as a, uh, a PGA apprentice oh, back in 1999, and uh, I, I didn't get into golfing professionally or, or uh, enthusiastically until I was 41, so that's it's kind of a late start for a lot of people, but I've been doing it ever since. And uh, I've been trying to get an easy way, that's why I call it the one easy swing, to let people enjoy the golf game and uh, make life better for them on the golf course. Yeah, and I mean, we are all, I'm a huge supporter of the game as you are, and we do try to do so much to try to grow this game. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, where are you doing these these golf schools and giving lessons? I'm out at the Wentzville driving range that's out by Golf Club of Wentzville on uh, Hepperman Road in uh, Wentzville, Missouri. Yeah, that's fantastic. And the Golf Club of Wentzville is one of the courses that the uh, Whitmore 
uh, cachet of courses that you get if you join out there, and they're a huge supporter of the show. Okay, so, so but this is the big thing. Why did you do this? And, and, and talk a little bit about the one easy swing method so folks can under, understand what this is all about. Sure. Thanks, Jay. The one easy swing method is, is encapsulates what I'm trying to do is give you, the golfer of any level, an easy swing that you can navigate any golf course. I don't care if you're playing Pebble Beach or if you're playing uh, Pheasant Run out in O'Fallon. You can take the swing from your right hip to your left hip and hit the ball probably as well or better than you do trying to go all the way to the top. Because we, we all see it when we get people to the top, they get the reverse C or they get their spine all out of alignment and things start to go wrong. They lay off the club, they cross over, they do things that are counter to getting the ball to go on a good trajectory and a good aiming point. So what I do is I, I teach you the swing from the right hip to the left hip. And in doing that, I give you the ability to hit the ball 40 yards before you try to hit it 140 yards. Cause if you're, if you're not, if you're hitting it 140 yards and you're scattering it all over the golf course, you're out there not having fun, you're losing golf balls, you're getting frustrated and you want to throw your clubs in the nearest lake. So I use a couple of different methods. I use a three ball method and I call it the 25, 50, 75. And I want you to hit the ball 25%, 50% and 75% of what you normally would do. But I want the ball to be on the exact path that you need it to be every time. The only thing that's going to change is your distance. So you hit a 25% shot, you hit a 50% shot, and you hit a 75% shot, and you hit everything online. And as you'll, as you'll see as we go through this process, and, and a lot of times it happens in the first lesson, and a lot of times it happens in the second or third, but as you do this and you practice this, your ball striking becomes much better your distance improves greatly because you're getting centeredness of contact with the club and the ball, which we all know is, is the main thing to cut down side spin and to make the ball go where it's supposed to. So using that easy swing method, I want to get people to where they are back into the golf courses, enjoying the game, growing the game, playing with their friends, playing at the club, and not being embarrassed or, or worried about how they're going to play because you know that you're going to go out there now and you're going to have the ability to play the golf course. And if I can expand on that, the way to play the golf course is by cutting the golf courses in segments. A lot of teachers will, will do different things on course management. So my biggest thing is even par threes, par fours, you get a 340-yard par four, Cut it in half. Hit two shots well at 170. You're on the green or you're near the green. You chip up, you putt, you make your par, you make your bogey. Whatever happens, you're not hitting doubles, triples, quads. You're not getting snowmen on your golf cart anymore. <laughs> and even on par fives, we cut them into threes. So, you know, you got a 300, or I'm sorry, you got a 500 yard par five. You cut it in three and you get there in regulation, and then you chip and putt, and you're, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to feel better about your golf game, and you're going to have 
a ton more fun than scattering it all over the golf course. This is Scott Putnam. He's using the one easy swing method, and he's got golf schools out in Westville, and he's going to simplify things and increase your golf enjoyment. But tell them how to get a hold of you. Yes, you can get a hold of me by email at one easy swing. That's O N E easy swing at outlook.com. And you can also get a hold of me by calling three one, I'm sorry, 636 383 2465, or to put it into an easy to remember way, is to golf. Are your workouts more fun than this? Well, if they are, then I want to sign you to an endorsement deal with Michelob Ultra. I'm looking for anyone and everyone who makes working out a blast. If that's you, head to TeamUltra.com for a chance to score awesome perks like Team Ultra gear and more. That's TeamUltra.com to enter. No purchase necessary. Open U.S. residents 21 plus. See official rules at TeamUltra.com. Message to data rates may apply. Void were prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. Michelob Ultra, Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. In these extremely trying times, the management team at Marcone would like to give a shout-out to our 500-plus employees and their families. Their diligence and commitment to each other, our process, and our company are so good that we are obligated to state it publicly. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. You have all contributed to our success, and your dedication is imperative to the continued growth of our company. Thank you for your efforts. Marcone is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America, based in St. Louis, Missouri. We're all experiencing very trying times right now, but hopefully we can reflect a little bit on the things that matter the most to us, like family and community. At St. Louis Bank, we want to wish you and your family safety and good health. We're a part of this community, and we are all in this together. In such uncertain financial times, you've probably never needed your bank to step up and support you more. We know, we hear you, and we are here for you. Our banking experts are doing everything they can to help. We're offering a skip a payment to all consumer accounts for mortgage loans and home equity line of credits. We're offering payment modifications with up to a six-month deferral. Our commercial and SBA loans will be handled on a case-by-case basis to provide the best relief for each unique situation. We understand that communication and speed are essential during this critical time. Get in touch with your commercial banking officer to take advantage of this program. If you'd like to speak with us, you can call 314-851-6200. We are going to move through this hardship, and we're going to do it together. St. Louis Bank, here for you when you need us today and in brighter days ahead. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The front nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. Pearlie's with me. Brad Barnes is taking care of the buttons and pushing and pulling over there. And uh, we're going to the front nine, which is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. I can't wait for that. That is um, at the rate that the MLB is going. That might be the only sporting event in St. Louis this year. Let's bring it on, then. Are you going to have a bird's nest at this event like they do down in Phoenix? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, this would be a good time like for it. This would be a good time it, for it. It, it would. It, it would. It would. It would probably surpass all the golf. That is for sure. Well, it does down in Phoenix. Yeah, it sure does. Um, we got to thank Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring the show again this year. My friends at Whitmore, Andy, Bill, Bummer, they're they're great people. If you're looking for a place to for you and your family to hang out, uh, you got to check Whitmore out. Uh, just from the golf side, ninety holes of golf, 
You get access to Missouri Bluffs, Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. There's no food or beverage minimums. There's no card fees. Those are all included in the membership. They have a 24-hour fitness center. Uh, Bummer in in the staff, he's the assistant pro. They run golf leagues and skins games and member events, couples of tournaments all year round. They've got a kids club. Whitmore Country Club is a great place to hang out. I know Randy Carricker, our buddy, is a, a member out there. Uh, Bummer and I did a little exhibition where he absolutely put a whooping on me, so I'm going to try to put a whooping or at least win by one. Uh, Either way is good. Yeah, when I play him uh, again this year. So give those guys a call. You can find them at WhitmoreGolf.com. All right. Chris Kerber, radio voice of the blues. Great guy. And I got an interview with him. So, folks, uh, check out Kerbs. Man, you have been a popular guy these last six, eight months, man. The Blues, I, I know we've talked about this a little off the air. I never, I just thought we were never going to hoist the cup in this town, Gerbs. I thought we were just going to kind of be like the Cubs until I died. And I am so thrilled and so excited. And, and um, what a run from last year. It was such a cool moment for everybody, wasn't it? I mean, Teams have won championships, but wow, did this one just seem to absolutely connect with, with the heart and soul of the city, whether it was all the years of heartbreak of playoff hopes just never being realized, whether it was just the Cinderella aspect story of last season in and of itself, if you just started with that. Uh, but, you know, and, and whether it's talking to Red Berenson, who was an original St. Louis Blue and the pride that he felt when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, going all the way through to, you know, a player like Ryan O'Reilly who won it with the team in his very first season last year as a member of the Blues. There's just just an amazing connection. And how cool is it, Jay, that that when the, when the championship ring was, was designed um, and Chris Zimmerman from the Blues the team standpoint, uh, the president of the team was one of the ones that behind this, this plan, there's actually fans depicted on the championship ring. And it's the first championship ring that actually depicts fans on it. Um, and, and I think that's really cool. And they did that because it showed the connection between this franchise and its fan base. And, and it just, it just resonates with everybody. So it's a, I love the fact that the blues winning, it just felt so deeply personal to so many people. Oh, absolutely. Curve. We're going to do this interview completely backwards and it's a golf show and I don't really know how to interview anybody anyways, but we probably should have started about <laughs> your early part of your career, but we just jumped right into the, the icing on top of a cake that is going to keep going. But please tell our listeners about the Musial Award that you won and the reason why you won that award. This is one of the coolest things that's in, in all of sports, what you did for John Kelly. You know, it. Uh, well, first off, it, very humbling to have been called by the St. Louis Sports Commission, and, and uh, they, they, they told me that uh, they, they were going to uh, give me a, a Musial Award. And it's an award that they put together. Uh, I mean, really one of the most positive feel-good shows that I think anyone can watch in sports. And it's, it's just about sportsmanship. And what happened was is, you know, as, as – as the playoffs go along in hockey, your local TV broadcasters only do some of the games in the first round. National takes over in rounds two, three, and four. Um, and even a few years back in 2016, this would have happened had the Blues made it to the Stanley Cup final and beaten San Jose in that series. Obviously, they did. But we just felt that, that he should um, – I just felt that if, if we're doing this, that those guys who, who do everything that a radio guy does, 
in terms of the amount of time, commitment, uh, support of the team, promotion, whatever it may be, those guys are now on the sidelines. And if there was a chance to uh, to share the experience of calling Stanley Cup final games with them, we wanted to do it. And so, you know, I went to John Kelly after the Blues won over the San Jose Sharks and said, listen, you're going to do uh, the second period of every Stanley Cup final game. And his response to me was, no, that's your job. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And I said, I'm not giving you a choice. Then, uh, you know, at the same function, I pulled uh, I pulled John and his uh, his awesome wife, Jennifer, and he had one of his daughters there, and, and then his son, Patrick, his other daughter, was was away at school. And I kind of told him what we were doing, and I told him why. And um, it was just a cool moment. And y- you know what? Uh, boy, I've been asked a lot of questions about it, Jay, and I didn't expect the story to be as big as it got, even when it happened. But it's just one of those things that just felt like the right thing, and and – one of the coolest aspects for me going through that Stanley Cup run with this Blues team was just the experiences that, as a group, myself, Joe Vitale, Darren Pang, John Kelly, Bernie Federico, everybody that we all had together throughout that run. And uh, and I, 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 I we'll do it all over again, to be honest with you, because it just felt like the right thing to do. And I think it's really cool that those guys had a chance to work those games. Well, Curbs, I think to me what resonates the most is that this came from an authentic place in you. And if there was any other sort of motive, we would have known. And I know you, and I know that there isn't. And the fact that everybody else sees it is just makes it really special. Yeah, you, you know what, Jay? Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, that. No, there was no motive. I just, I, I don't know. When you get up at the, at the, I called my dad one time. We just had our second child. And, uh, and I'm the second of nine kids. And so I'm up doing the feeding and it actually, our schedules worked out really well. Cause I was more of a night owl. So I would take that kind of 11 o'clock feeding, which would allow Christy to sleep and whatever. And Gabby was crying, you know, I'm holding on. I called my dad. I said, geez, I got to tell you, how did you do nine of us? I mean, I've, I've only got the two. And, uh, he says, man, he goes, there was only 24 hours in the day. He goes, uh, I gave you guys all the love I could give you. Uh, and then just tried harder the next day. And I've never forgotten that that statement, and I've pretty much used that as my daily mantra ever since. You know, and if there's a way over the course of a day uh, to just help somebody out, put a smile on somebody's face, or make somebody feel better, then go out of your way to do it. And you know what? And and sometimes it's as simple as just making sure you stand in the doorway and hold the door open because somebody was ten feet behind you rather than just five. And it's as simple as that. And sometimes maybe it's bigger. As we're finding out through the, uh, you know, what's going on with the pandemic, there's many different ways to impact things. But just, uh, just do your best that you can for people, and uh, in the end, it just uh, you, you're a better person for it. And it, it becomes not about you; it becomes just about who you, who you want to be as a person. And and I think that's important. And curves. So that's a cool transition to the way that you broadcast the game and the way that you see the game, because that that shines through in your broadcasting as well. You're not afraid to make a call that may be unpleasant for someone to listen to, but you're really just trying to report a story, aren't you, through the way that you see a game? Look, our, our job, first off, we can call it our, our job is broadcasting, but we're in the entertainment business. So people have to be entertained uh, to want to wanna listen to you. So you, you've got to keep that part in mind. But, but the other part of it is, is I, I just believe, Jay, in being real. And uh, I, I think those that know me well would know that the same way I am with you sitting at a bar at Ovi Clark's or the same way I am at a barbecue out in the backyard, 
is the exact same way I approach things. I'm on the air. There's no, there's no different radio voice versus, uh, versus inside the voice. I mean, my constantly reminded I'm not broadcasting when I'm here at home. Uh, (laughs) I bet you are with those girls. uh, I think you just learned that, um, over time, when you, when you go through the minor leagues and you have a chance to grow in the business, you just learn that you've got to be you. And, and I'll bet you you experienced very much the same exact things. You became a better golfer when you figured out how Jay Delsing's supposed to be the golfer, not how this guy told Jay Delsing to be or how this guy played golf or this. It's how you take all those that input and those experiences and you made Jay Delsing the golfer. And, that, and that's that. Then then you've got confidence. Then you then you believe in what you're doing. And you find success. And, you know, for me, I just look at it and call the game the way I see it and hope that you're being genuine enough, friendly enough, open enough, direct enough, entertaining enough that people believe in what you're saying. And that's why nobody has ever told me what I can and can't say on the air. I think I would resist that mightily. Um, and, And you do it that way. So people, when they're listening to you, they feel they know you. Now, do they really know you? No, most likely not. Uh, but but they, they feel connected with you, and that's an important part of the job. Yeah, that connection really shows with the chemistry that you and Joey have. And, you know, our good buddy Chaser, you guys did a really nice job as well, but there's something with you and Joey that Joey brings to the table that is really fresh, unusual, and a lot of fun. Well, and, and you have to keep in mind part of that, you know, is, is directly related to Kelly Chase. You know, he and I were partners together for 18 seasons. You know, I mean, that's, a, that's it was a heck of a great run. And I learned uh, I learned immense amounts of not only about life, the business of broadcasting from him and working with him as I did from anybody. Uh, and now, you know, then we made the, uh, the adjustment and, and Joe came in last year to work the games. And, you know, and the one thing you do, like I'm telling you, Jay, the one we, we never talked about how to broadcast. And we talked about, OK, don't talk over your partner and a couple of technical things like that. But I never said, hey, say this, don't say this, do this, don't do that, because he had to be able to find his own voice, and he's finding it. And uh, and having just fairly recently retired, uh, he's got a, a slightly different view of kind of today's game, and I think that uh, people can hear that and, and, and like when they when he talks about it. Well, you know, Curbs, I've had a, a, an opportunity to just kind of dip my toe in the broadcasting golf world, and that chemistry, that you allowing him by, and, and I know you're not the kind of guy that would, try to control someone but you know there's a lot of egos involved in this a lot of times and you giving him the freedom to, to you know to to do what he wants to do and go where he wants to do it's really important and that is not that doesn't happen in every situation well you know the thing is Jay, is you cannot you can't be a broadcaster in my opinion and this is just my opinion here but you can't be a broadcaster if you haven't found your own voice and it's like we just talked about to find your own voice. You've got to be allowed to make some mistakes and then you got to take some criticism and you've got to take constructive criticism. And you've got to take some coaching too. And, you know, and there's, there is part of that that goes into it, but you've just got to be made to feel comfortable. And, and if we didn't think that, that he had that ability. Well, he, he never would have been hired for the job. So if, and, and just like anybody else that hires anybody in business or a coach or anything like that, you know, if, if you micromanage and you go over top, then maybe you hired the wrong person. If, if you believe you've hired the right person, then just let them do the job. And that doesn't mean that that coaching isn't involved, but if, if you hire them for the right reasons, they're probably going to deliver exactly what you thought. And I, I think Joe Vitale has really been, been excellent. It was awesome. Uh, I mean, he, 
Dude, at times he he has me laughing at you know different <laughs> things that that make him tick, uh, and that he uses his analogies. Uh, I mean, he'll get me laughing so hard I can't even call the game. Sometimes it's it's been a, a really good first day, oh year and a half, almost two years with him in the booth. Okay, so that's going to do it for the fresh first half of the Chris Kerber interview and the front nine. Uh, Jay and Jen are here. Come back. We'll wrap up the uh, Kerber interview. Uh, and we got the back thing coming your way. This is Golf with Jay Delson. The 100,000 watt blowtorch for St. Louis sports. Driven by Auto Centers Nissan. Home of the 30 day return. WXOS and WXOS HD1. East St. Louis. 101 ESPN. Are you in the market for some new clubs? Maybe a bag and the latest style of sweet new shoes. Is this the year you decide to stop listening to your buddy's advice and get some real golf instruction? If any of these appeal to you, then go to Pro-Am Golf today. Pro-Am Golf has all the latest gear from all the major manufacturers. Call Steve today at 314-781-7775 and schedule a lesson with Tom DeGrand. Tom is the best. He's been in the game for over 50 years, so you take that knowledge along with their state-of-the-art equipment, and boom, your game will get a whole lot better. Visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. Extraordinary effort deserves recognition. The management team at Marcone would like to say thank you to our over 500 employees and their families. Your dedication and commitment to our success has been so steadfast that we are experiencing another incredible year at a time when many businesses are struggling. Your performance has exceeded expectations. Every idea shared and every opportunity seized by you has led us to new heights. So, thank you. Marcone is based in St. Louis, Missouri and is the largest distributor of General Electric Appliance Parts in North America. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by St. Louis Bank. Welcome back. It's Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie is with me. I am here, your host, Jay, and we're going to the Back Nine that's brought to you by our friends at St. Louis Bank. Um, Let's go just jump right back into this Chris Kerber interview. It's a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying it. Here's Chris Kerber. You do a lot of neat things. I know you're involved in the community. The Behind the Bench program is awfully fun, um, especially with, you know, just the advent of hockey and such an uptick in, in, in this town is awfully fun. But talk about this evening uh, book reading that you're doing. I, I follow you on Twitter, and it's just fascinating. And tell us where this came from and, and talk about that a little bit, please. Well, the pandemic hit, you know, and everybody was just was forced to just kind of sit at home. And, uh, you know, sports teams and leagues, everyone's they're playing classic games and they're playing highlights and doing all these things. And I literally just one night was, was sitting around thinking, man, think about the kids club, though. Like, like, what do you do for the kids club that all these different sports teams had? And uh, so I've got three daughters. And I said, well, somebody go give me a book. And I go, let's just start reading kids books every night at 8 o'clock at night on Twitter. And I got to find a way to make sure that it, to kind of get it over to uh, the Facebook and some of the other social media channels as well. But that's what it was. It was really just that simple. And then there's been a response to it. And 
you know, I, I don't worry, care about the number of views or retweets or replies because on a regular basis, uh, you know, somebody sending you a picture of all oh, my, of their, their kid reading the same book. And again, it's just ways to connect and just being people. And if it, man, if we just look around and we're just being good people to somebody next to it, things are probably going to be fine. And so it's turned into something where every night during this pandemic at eight o'clock, you just go on to Twitter and read a kid's book. And uh, I do think at times it's a little eye opening when somebody replies like I'm watching and I don't even have kids. I think that's a little <laughs> unique, but, uh, but okay, so be it. Maybe they like books read to them and uh, we'll have some fun with it. <laughs> you know, Curbs, I have four daughters and so uh, keep trying. You could, you could catch me. Um, but um, one of the things. Now listen, Jay, now that's, that's really important that you said that. Okay. Because for me, it's important to know people that have, uh, uh, that have either their, 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 um, their daughter dads, meaning they, that they've only got daughters and don't have any sons, or they've got four daughters like you did, because it's important for any dad of young girls to know that you can be successful and do it right for them. That's a very important thing that that needs that, that dads need reassuring of as you raise several daughters. Curbs, 100%. Look, I'm not going to talk about on the air what I know how to do, but I know how to do a lot more things than I ever dreamed I would before I started having children, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, at one point in time, I I could be taking a nap and one of the girls would come in and go, can you help me change this Barbie doll? I got to the point I could change a Barbie doll with my eyes closed. Oh, yeah, that's no – I mean, it's ama- it's amazing what you could do with a Barbie doll and, and some of those high heels. They were a little tricky to get on sometimes, but uh... – you know, Curbs, I, I, I picked out the um, the evening read and just the, the topics that we've talked about because it, this, to me, all falls in line with the guy that you are. And I wanted people to kind of understand just a, a little bit different look about the, the sort of human being you are. You're one of my favorite people we connect on a, on some really neat levels. So this is a golf show. So give us your best golf story. What do you what what do you uh, what do you got for us in the world of golf? I know you guys get a chance to play occasionally on the road if you if you want to. Well, I got. I mean, th- there's several of them. I, I will say that we had a we had a hockey trip one time uh, out to San Jose, and we got out there a couple days early. So the team uh, the team set it up, and to this day, the player that ended up paying for it for me never never let themselves be known. Somebody just said, "You're coming, and it's covered." Um, we went out to play Pebble Beach, all right? And uh, so we played, I think we played uh, Spanish Bay the first day that we got there, and then the team was having their rookie dinner that night, and then we played uh, Then we played Pebble Beach the next morning. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I think this is my, my second year with the team, right? And, and anyhow, so I get the room, and we're staying at the lodges right there at Pebble, and I go up to my room, and honest to God, Jake, I open the balcony door and I'm like a hundred yards to the right is the green on the 18th green there. Oh, I know, you know right those cottages where are. that are right there. And yes. I have a second level one and I've got this room all to myself. And I go, what the heck is this? And I called the chaser. I said, Hey, I got the wrong room. And he said, he goes, no, you got the right room. I said, no, no, no. I got the wrong room. You call up Al McKinnis, call up Chris Pronger, tell him to change rooms with me, you know, but no way. I don't belong in this room. And uh, so I guess he called them up. They called back. He said, nope, stay put. And went, okie dokie. So we go out. We play We play Spanish Bay. I shot a 44 on the front nine, which sounds really good until I tell you that I shot a 66 on the back. <laughs> because I was, I'm a lefty, with, and I had it at the time, and my slice is much more under control now. But I had a really bad slice. 
Well, you play the backside there and the wind coming off the water, it basically made every shot look like an absolutely curved banana. So Doug Wade just Doug Wade couldn't laugh harder at me when he heard that I went from a 44 to a 66 from the front <laughs> to the back. So then that night, uh, Chaser and I are having dinner. We're having dinner with uh, a guy at the time that was a GM out there, and uh, the players are having their rookie dinner. And one of the at, at, at in one of the uh, the banquet rooms there, one of the one of the staff comes over and uh, interrupts the general manager. Sir, I don't know. Uh, one of the players got sick and threw up right in the uh, right right as he was leaving the building. And the GM doesn't skip a beat. Looks right at him. He goes, "Well, that's why I pay his staff. Clean it up. I'm sure they're having a good time." And that was it. So the next day, Chaser and I went. And we played Pebble Beach with them, and uh, that was what an amazing experience, worth every moment. And I parred, uh, and and to me, this I, I parred uh, the par three seven. So that's that that's the one hole that I'll, I'll sit there and say, hey, uh, that's the one true golf story where I'll stand there, stick my chest, and go, yep, I parred that hole. I realized it was only a par three, but I parred that hole. You brought Pebble to its knees, in other words, on number seven. Well, listen, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not, I, I, Jay, I absolutely love the game of golf. Okay. Now having three daughters at 15, 13 and, and nine, you know, I, I don't play anywhere near as much as I want to, but I love playing. And the reason why is like, if I was playing indoor soccer or basketball or, or, or hockey or any of those sports, I'm perfectly fine until I get bumped. And then, then it's sort of like just, you know, Bruce Banner and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and the incredible Hulk, like all of a sudden I could be throwing shoulders and stuff. I get way too competitive golf. I fell in love with because I could compete against myself. My dad, uh, when I got my first job out of college down in Birmingham, Alabama, my dad bought me a left-handed set of clubs from grandpa pigeons that I had for the <laughs> longest of time. Um, you know, and then I would go out and play. And then there was a group when I was in Springfield in the minor leagues, Massachusetts, uh, a group called the NGBs and no good bastards. And uh, this group had been playing together for years, and I'd go out and I'd play with them every Saturday morning. And even when we go back to Massachusetts now, I still get together and play with those guys. Um, and, and I absolutely love playing it. So uh, it, it's something where even now during the pandemic, I can take a club out in the backyard and just swing. And, and I, I find it actually to be very relaxing. Once I got past the idea of this, and it's true, like I just don't practice enough to let the game frustrate me. So if a shot goes bad, I don't see any reason to get mad at it because I know I don't practice enough to get that much better at it. So if I can go out there and on a regular basis shoot around an 88, every now and then you'll get lucky, shoot better. I would love to be better. I just don't have the time for the practice right now. So I feel like it's just respectable enough to go out there with just about anybody and have a good time on the course. Oh, that's fantastic, Curves. And, man, getting a roll around uh, the Monterey Peninsula, which happens to be my favorite area in the entire country is really special and staying at the lodge you were you were in some tall cotton out there oh it was i mean listen it was an amazing experience uh you know and there's different golf courses that cost different amount of money and i told my buddies i go well that's one you pay the amount to go play and and enjoy the experience and been fortunate enough you know jay we 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 were able to get out on the road obviously as you know when uh when you got darren pang uh, pretty much uh, you're talking hockey or golf uh, or wine, one of those three things with them uh, on any given day. And so we'll, we'll get out on the road from time to time and, and, and have a good time. And I, I truly just, I, I love being out there. I love the socialization aspect. Here's a fun one you'll enjoy. Okay. So, uh, so I'm, I'm left-handed. Uh, I write right-handed, but all my sports I'm left-handed and I'm more dominant left. So I'm a left-handed golfer. Now, 
when I used to, uh, I'd go out every now and then with one of my buddies before I had a set of clubs. His mom had a set of clubs, so I'd play right-handed. So I could play a little bit right-handed, too. But I really enjoy walking the courses when I can walk. So I go to, I go to get a golf bag to, to, uh, to carry the clubs. And you notice how, you know, when you carry the clubs on a shoulder, a lot of times, if you're, looking at, if, you're, if you're looking at a bag, the pad that would bounce against your body is on the right side of the bag, right? Right. Because most people would carry it on their right shoulder. And, and I'm like, well, I want to carry it on my left shoulder. So I, uh, you know, so I'm like, I need a left-handed <laughs> golf bag. And I started telling this to people, and they started looking at me like you're at, like I'm absolutely nuts. And I couldn't find one. And I mean, I couldn't find one. Still drives me nuts to this day. You can go into a sporting goods store, and you'll see, you know, maybe one little roll of, of left-handed, you know, of, of golf of uh, golf gloves for your right hand, right? But you've got sixteen and a half aisles of ones for your left hand. So right. anyway, so I need a left-handed golf. I couldn't find it. So I was doing a show on KTRS when I first got back into town, and I went on the air and I said, "Okay, I, like, we got to find one of these." I said, "I need a left-handed golf bag," and I explained, "I want the pad to be on." you know, the other side so I can carry the bag on my left shoulder and then the pad hits against your body. Guy calls me up. There, there was a golf score. It was a golf zilla. It, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was off of Manchester Road just west of uh, just west of Lindbergh. And he goes, I've got one. And it's a Suncoast bag. Well, so it's been 20 years, and I still use that bag because it's hard to find a left-handed golf bag. <laughs> Curved. I have thought I've heard everything in the in the world in the realm of golf, but I've never heard the left handed golf bag story. I've heard about left handed golf balls, but that's kind of like a snipe hunt. Hey, Curbs, I really appreciate you taking the time. I have so enjoyed uh, spending it with you, and uh, keep doing your thing with the Blues. We're all hoping and praying that uh, man we can get this season in in some way, shape, or form, and uh, defend this cup. Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Uh, I love, love having you on uh, the broadcast side, doing some radio interviews and stuff. So anytime you need something, let me know. You're a great man and, and, and such a, a great guy to be around. So keep the positivity flowing, and we'll catch up real soon. That's going to wrap up the back nine and the Chris Cooper interview. But uh, stay tuned. Pearlie and I will I'll break that interview down. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Don't miss your chance to see PGA Tour champion legends. Proceeds will benefit St. Louis area youth, including the Urban League, Mary Grove, the Boys and Girls Club, and more. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. For the last 48 years, Pro-Am Golf has been providing outstanding customer service to the greater St. Louis area for all of our golf needs. From top-of-the-line equipment to full-service club repair lessons and instructions. They now have their own retail outlet as well as state-of-the-art computers, cameras, and things to customize all of your personal club fitting needs. Pro-Am Golf carries all the major brands. They also have the latest fashion trends from Puma Golf. Whatever your needs, Pro-Am Golf will meet them and have the best customer service in the industry. Call us at 314-781-7775 or find us at ProAmGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Sheezer and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated, 
right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. I want to thank Donahue Painting and Refinishing for supporting the show. When I was out playing golf, in my mind, I would see a picture that I wanted, and I'd try to hit the shot the way it was painted in my mind. The way you see your home is what Donahue Painting and Refinishing can make your home look like. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearly is with me. Brad Barnes has taken good care of us, and we are going to the 19th hole. 19th hole. Ready to roll. We've had some fun in the 19th holes in our days, bro. Yeah, too much, too often. Too much, too often. We can't hardly remember. Well, that, Okay, so Chris Kerber, first of all, I got to say, some of the, the, the fact that Chris Kerber is taking time out on Twitter it and the evening and reading bedtime stories to younger folks. I, I that says so much to me about what sort of a human being he is. Um, there's also another story. I don't know if you heard about this, but he's he's got three daughters, and um, one of his daughters was uh, doing a soccer practice on a on a. I think she's she's still pretty young, so I think they were using half the field, and for. Argument's sake, I mean, there was a, a, a football, high school football practice going on over there. Basically, what this football team did is invaded their space and took them over. And just kind of basically kept pushing and pushing them out. Mm. And he said, no way. And didn't make a scene. This is not his style. Called the people. Uh, you know, uh, I, I can't remember exactly where it was. I think it was some field in Kirkwood somewhere or something. And, and did it in a gentlemanly way, but said, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. These girls have every right to do And And the, the school said, you're 100% right. And we're going to do that. So the fact that he gave up the microphone to John Kelly and, you know, John's dad, the voice of the blues, iconic guy in the NHL. And got a Kelly to, to be able to call a Stanley Cup final. Well, I'm not plugged into those stories like you are, but I specifically remember that from the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, that and how cool it was and that there was some discussion on it. But, you know, Jay, whether it's with his daughter, whether it's with the John Kelly story, and my guess is there's 400 other stories. When you're a quality person, you're a quality person. It's, it's kind of how you roll. It doesn't mean you don't uh, stub your toe once in a while or something like that, but when you're when you're quality, you're quality. And uh, it comes across in how he does his work, and it comes across in the community, et cetera. So great story. I love love when you have those kind of stories. Well, when you, when you talk to Curbs, he'll say something, and, and maybe it's just me, but he it's so well thought out, you know? And, and when he calls a game, he's not looking to take shots at players. Mm-hmm. He's not, look, he calls it as he sees it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't underplay something. But it's also, he's, he's trying to really be a storyteller. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that, especially in a day and age where we are dictated to so much by the talking heads that are on the television and the radio stuff. And so I, uh, I just really appreciated him and, uh, uh, and loved what he had to say. Guys, another show in the books. Pearly, uh, meet. Uh, thanks so much for, for keeping us together and keeping us on time here. And, folks, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com, as well as at jaydelsinggolf.com.